The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone. And first and foremost, I just want to acknowledge you and, and thank you for being an intentional spirit, thanking you for understanding that each of us are on this journey and we are clear about it's not always so much we know, but deeper at a deeper level of what we show and what we grow within ourselves. Um, we are fortunate today to have on the show with us Simran Singh. Simran Singh, she is a catalyst of change. She is a visionary. She is a rebel humanitarian. I love that title. Simran, so welcome to our show today. Oh, Temple, thank you so much for having me on. I am just still basking in the energies of being with you in your presence and in the presence of your community, and I'm just honored to be on your show. Well, it's just been um, such a great coming together of, of meeting you and and just finding out about your work. And what I find that people relate to as well as I know you do, because uh, this past year you actually did a rebel uh, road tour uh, across the countryside. And I like to take the time and tell people, how did you become an intentional spirit? And I'd I'd love you to uh, tell the story about um, when you were a little girl, you and your sister. Uh, It's such a moving story. I I cry almost every time I hear it. So could you start (laughs) there and then weave in whatever spirit guides you to say? Most definitely. I'm... tell people I'm not here as a teacher or a guru. I am here as an example. And everything that I have learned and gained, particularly in the past uh, decade and a half, has been because of really going back and reconciling and, and finding the beauty and the nuggets in many moments that most of us term the dark night or, or, or the dark decade, however long it lasts for you. And as I went back, as I went forward on the rebel road, and, and in doing so, went back in my own life, I discovered many stories that really created the imprints, the patterns, the pathway that I would be guided to walk in my lifetime that would, in essence, 
be the ember of light within me that would eventually turn into a bright flame that decided to shine in its own unique way. And one of the earliest stories that really imprinted and embedded something within me was when I was seven years old. I uh, came from a very small town in, in the South, and there was one stoplight, and there was very little to do in that town. And one of the things that got most of the people out and really excited was a little beauty pageant that was held that uh, had different age groups in it. And uh, when we were new to the town, we were the first Indian family in that town, and my mother taught in the public school, and the teachers there said, you have to put your daughters in the Little Miss pageant. It's what we do here. Everyone comes out. It's something we celebrate, and the little girls dress up, and it's just a wonderful boost of confidence for them. And so she enrolled myself and my sister, who at the time was four, in the Little Miss pageant. And so we were each in our own age divisions, and we went through the different rehearsals and the excitement of getting dresses and practicing and being with all the little girls, and it was exciting and fun and and just really brought us to a place of, of starting to feel like we were part of this community that we had just moved into. And the night of the pageant came, and we went on and off stage as many times as we had practiced, and then it was time for intermission, and my sister was going to sing at intermission. But just before that was to happen, they made a slight change, and they asked all the girls to line up, not just uh, the girls in my division, but they actually asked all the girls in my sister's division and my division to line up at the same time. And the interesting thing was they lined us up um, in, in, a, in, a, in a colorful sort of way. All of the African-American girls were to our left and all of the Caucasian girls were to our right. And my sister and I were standing in the middle. And on stage, I tell that it, it, it reminded me of kind of the crayon Crayola box because it was like the second row of that box where you went from light to dark, from cream to black. And, um, and so I, I, I thought it was beautiful the way it had been done. And we were standing there and all of a sudden, the MC said, would Nikki and Simi Randawa please come to the front of the stage? And I got so excited at seven years old. I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm being selected for something, and we're being honored, and not just me, my sister and I, and how, how amazing is that amongst all these girls? And so I squeezed her hand so tightly, and we walked forward on the stage, and the MC said, We'd like to thank you for being in the Little Miss pageant. However, we select one black queen and one white queen, and you two are neither. So we're going uh. to have to disqualify you. And in that moment, I was shocked. I saw people, a whole gymnasium that was completely filled, all the bleachers filled, so much so that people were standing. And I saw every age group from siblings to grandparents to aunts and uncles and cousins. And... The audience went quiet, and then all of a sudden there was whispering, and there was laughing, and there was pointing, and and I just felt it in my entire body. And then the MC looked at us and kind of nudged us and said, now go off the stage and go behind the curtain. And so we were led behind the curtain, and I wasn't allowed to go to my parents who were in the front row, and I stood back there just kind of trying to figure out what had just happened, but a tape started playing in my head, and that tape were all the thoughts that we start believing when something doesn't go right, that I'm not good enough, I don't fit in here, I'm not pretty like the other girls, I'll never be like them, the world is not safe. And so that was what was running through my head. 
But my sister was actually called right back out on stage because intermission was next. And she was to sing a song. The song she had actually chosen was, This Land is Your Land, This Land is Mine, which was kind of ironic considering... (laughs) Very ironic. (laughs) And so she sang as cute as a button as a four-year-old with a bowl haircut and a floral poofy dress. And when she finished, of course, because it was so adorable, people cheered and they clapped and people were standing and... And she had this celebration that happened because of her performance. And in that moment, her thoughts that started the tape in her head were, I'm accepted and I'm loved and people cheer for me and they applaud for me and they welcome me. The world is safe. And so we both developed our own tapes that we would live from from that point on. That was the moment that I became shy, became a hermit, became introverted, uh, started to create my reality from that belief system. My sister went on to become the present governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, who is running for her second term. And so she became the extrovert, the outgoing one, the one that was in the social cliques. And so that's interesting to point out that two people from the exact same family can live completely different experiences by the same event but they've taken it in differently. They've had a different experience within the event and their lives are transformed until they decide to either, in my case, not believe the lie and and utilize that as a gift or to follow their purpose, which is what my sister has done. That's an amazing story. I I love that story and I I thank you for, um, you know, sharing it and sharing it so deeply and revealing yourself as well. Um, and it is, you're, you're so right. And I think that's so important when people look at belief systems and, you know, who they are uh, in their own uniqueness uh, and how they're created, is, is you can't just limit your life story to who you are as your family of origin. Because like you said, you're from the same family, but for many years, you were going in very different directions because of imprints and things that happened and, and things that you brought into this life. Well, you're certainly in the spotlight now, my dear. <laughs> I mean, everywhere everywhere I explore, it's like, there's Simran Singh. Oh, my. So um, when did you, like... Um, you have so much going on. You have um, an amazing, incredible, successful magazine, 1111. Um, was there like an, a time in your life that, that things just totally shifted or has it been gradual? How did that happen? You know, I, I go through, I went through what most people do. I had to continue those beliefs and continue making choices that, Um, allowed me to start to walk a path where I was a people pleaser and where I gave myself away, all in the attempt to acquire love, to acquire the recognition that I thought I didn't have. And in doing so, I kind of turned into what everyone else wanted. Well, when we do that, life starts to fall apart. Even though I was becoming this perfect person, this person that was loving and that was kind and that did everything that everyone's supposed to do and was charity-oriented and served in the community, it still fell apart. And I ended up getting married and trying to please the husband and please the parents and please the family and please the job. And one day, 
all of it disappeared. And in that moment, I couldn't figure out what I had done wrong. And I went into a state of depression. I, I was trying to figure it out. I was upset at God because I kept my end of the bargain. I did what I was supposed to do. I followed Indian tradition. I was a good steward. I did everything that you're supposed to do on this planet to be considered a good human being. So I couldn't understand it. And I just really wanted to be out of here. There was so much pain in my life at that time because of different things in terms of abuse and abandonment and all kinds of experiences. And I said, either take me out of here or help me understand this. Give me some sort of sign because I refuse to believe that you create life randomly or that you are a harsh God. I just refuse to believe that this is a bad place and that bad things happen to good people. And when I went into that place, I started getting these messages initially through numbers. I started seeing the numbers 11, 111, and 1111 everywhere, 20 to 30 times a day on everything from clocks to billboards to license plates to store receipts to football jerseys and roller skates to bulldozers and trains. I mean, it was really showing up literally everywhere. You wouldn't believe it if I told you how many different kinds of ways and how many different times in a day. And the more I saw this, initially I would ignore it, and then I started to think, Maybe the universe is talking to me. Maybe it's trying to tell me something. And the further it happened over the course of the next four weeks, I realized that there was something going on, but I was so in my stuff, even that I didn't want to notice. And there was one final time that the numbers appeared when I rolled over in bed and saw them, and I kind of yelled out loud, either make these numbers stop or tell me what they mean. And in that moment, the 1111 magazine downloaded into my head. And the universe knew that I was a workaholic, knew I needed something to sink my teeth into, and gave me a message, do this now, you will heal and others will heal. So that got me out of bed, it got me moving again, and I started creating this magazine without having any idea as to what I was doing. I didn't know anything about publishing. I liked to write, but I didn't know anything about a computer. But I decided I was going to do this. And as I embarked on this, the magazine led the way. It, it created the steps for me to heal. Every story was the story that came forward that I needed to know as well as share. And it started getting out there. It, it ended up in Barnes & Noble all over the country. And then a station in uh, online station, Voice America, called me and picked up one in Nevada and said, we want to turn this into a radio show. Would you be open? And then it became a radio show that got a huge listenership. And then it received the Nautilus Award, and all these things happened not because of me, but because I had said yes to something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And as this went on, I was growing and learning and healing and discarding parts of myself and getting stronger. And as I moved forward, I wanted to share how I was not only seeing the numbers as conversation, but everything from my car to the house to my kids and my dog. I was noticing all of its conversation, especially the ordinary and the mundane, were speaking to me, telling me the steps to take. And that it was not just me, that if people noticed and were made aware, they would see that all of these things actually spoke to them and helped guide them on their way. That, in fact, the very obstacles and challenges that we encounter are giving us a gift, a message. We just focus on the obstacle rather than the message. And so I wrote my first book, Conversations with the Universe, to not only illustrate the stories of this, but give 
the ways that these conversations are happening for each and every one of us. And through the conversations with the universe, we can keep moving forward because we develop a trust then in life that wasn't there before. Prior to that, I didn't trust life. I didn't trust people. I didn't trust God, and I didn't trust myself. But in noticing how the world was speaking to me and how the world actually was me showing me more of me, I began to trust. And that led me then to the next journey, which became the Rebel Road, which was a one-year tour that I took that was completely laden with signs and symbols, but was more so a journey that I speak about in my second book called Your Journey to Enlightenment, which is about letting go of the excuses, all of the ways that we're imprisoned and that we uh, step into conformity rather than courage and how we succumb to life becoming replicas rather than the creative rebel, which we all are. We are each endowed with a unique genius that we're here to share as a special gift on the planet. And when we allow ourselves to really follow that tapping in our heart, we step into that light that we are and we are able to share it. And it's not about perfection and it's not about having to know how and it's not about the end goal or the agenda of creating something. It is about living as the journey, living our life exactly and completely as the art we were created as in the first place. You're listening to some great wisdom today on the intentional spirit with Simran Singh. And we're in going to break. You have an opportunity to look her up on the website, Simran, S-I-M-R-A-N-Singh.com. SimranSingh.com. She has three books, Conversations with the Universe, Your Journey into Enlightenment, and Conversations of Oneness. I want to thank you for being part of our show today. You have an opportunity right now to uh, use social media to ask people to join us online to be part of this show and to be part of hearing this great wisdom from someone that I admire very much, uh, Simran Singh. We'll be right back following this short break. Thank you for being with us. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books... Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today, as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. 
Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much. You have certainly picked uh, a show of enlightenment today. Um, which is about a sacred journey of Simran Singh, who, because of experiences kind and unkind, light and shadows, um, she has allowed herself to say yes to life and yes to connecting the dots in her life. And Simran, I just um, I wanted to highlight a, a key point um, that you made prior to uh, break. Because I don't think that we can say it enough out in the field or to enter into people's awareness is that um, often people are stopped with trying to figure out how. Or they don't even go far enough on their dream of even trying to figure out how because they go, well, I don't have the funds or uh, it's either a financial reason or the knowledge And so I just wanted to highlight that again because you said I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anything about publishing. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. But something, I got this voice that said, you need to say yes to that. You know, it all started, it all started. It all started with a yes, even the dogs agreeing with me. So what I got from that is, um, because I was thinking about telling this story real quick, I was in Abidjanya, Brazil, and there were a lot of dogs that were going hungry and struggling. And one little dog uh, ran up, and I grabbed her, and I took her to the vet. And saying yes to that um, offered a whole different uh, avenue in my life, a whole project that people contribute to all over the globe of helping uh, animals. And I didn't know how I was going to do it either. I didn't know it was something I was going to be doing, but it started with a yes to the dog. So 
Thank you, um, Simran, for elaborating about that in your own life. Because um, don't you have, like, how many listeners do you have on your radio show? I know you're very humble, and you're not going to say this, so I'm asking you myself. How many listeners do you have on your radio show, um, 1111? Well, I'm kind of surprised, and I don't know that I really believe it, but they tell me (laughs) that I have over 400,000 listeners a month from around the world. And and that's really humbling because the one thing I want people to understand is everything that I've done, I've done for me. I've done for me to heal and to grow and to evolve. And what I've learned through that is whatever it is that you do, you have to do for you first because that is the only way it can be rich enough to touch other people. Too many people are out there thinking, I need to go save the world. I need to go help these people. I need to go do this. But if it's not touching you in some way, if it's not a passion of yours, if it's not serving and sparking something within you, then it's really something that is hollow. And so you have to fully engage yourself first and understand that it is to feed you so that you can then feed others. It's kind of like putting the mask on yourself before you try to go put the mask on other people in the airplane. It's the same thing. And the other thing I'd like to say from the story that you raised about the dog, you know, a lot of people could say, well, you know, okay, she was downloaded with something. She sees numbers. I don't see anything or I don't hear any voices It's not about the mystical. It really is about the ordinary and the extraordinary. A dog came up to you. That was something that spoke to your heart. And from that, everything else has grown to where it is something worldwide that is being served. And the same thing happened with the Rebel Road. You know, that vision came into me, and it was something that I needed to do to now discover a more expansiveness of myself. I talk about that journey into the rebel road in my book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, because I had left this marriage. I had left everything that I had known, and I didn't know who I was going to be next. I certainly didn't want to be who I'd always been because I'd keep getting the same thing. And so I had to leave the conformity. I had to leave the excuses. I had to leave the idea I don't know how. And what I was given was the very thing you need right now is what that little girl on that stage needed years ago. She wasn't seen then. Can you see her? And so what I had to give myself was an opportunity to see me, which is actually my nickname. So if you read my book, Conversations with the Universe, my first one, I talk about how the signs are in everything, including our names. My very nickname was saying, see me, see me, see me. And so I knew that that was the next step, that I needed to see myself. And I had become this shy hermit that locked herself in her home. I was very good at reaching out to other people with my magazine and my radio, but I did it in the safe confines in four walls behind a computer where no one could see me. I needed to get out there so that I could see myself and be willing to be seen by others. And so this one-woman show that I put on around the country was my first endeavor of being out on stage in front of people. Not only that, I decided that I was going to sing, and I had never sung before in my life. I didn't even know how I was going to remember the words because I'm not very good at memorizing things. They just have to flow out or they don't flow out at all. And and then I, I was supposed to be funny. I decided I was too serious in life, that we're all too serious. So could I lighten up? Could I be funny? Could I be humorous? Could I look at life in a different way? And so this past year has been incredible because it's really illustrated not only can we change the story, 
Not only can we step out and have absolutely no idea what we're doing without a plan, without an agenda, and truly allow life to support us, but that we will actually be supported and we don't have to be perfect. That even in our imperfection, simply by just showing up, it is all served. We are all touched. People are healed. People are grown. People remember and people see, not only you, but see themselves. And that is the magic and the miracle that has taken place in this past year for me through my books, Conversations with the Universe and Your Journey to Enlightenment, and through the journey of the Rebel Road, whose last shows are actually uh, in a couple of weeks in Atlanta, Georgia. And so it's been amazing to go through a year and put on 66 shows over 11 months and travel this country just allowing myself to see people show up and be in communion and union with them. Um, Simi, what are some of the things that that you would say um, you're finding out there um, on the Rebel Road um, with with the audiences? What are what are some of the um, uh, experiences that people are having aha moments about, and what are uh, some of the common uh, perceived and or practical uh, things that are stopping uh, people. Is it not enough? Is it courage? Is it uh, uh, being afraid? I mean, or did you see any kind of common threads as you were out I there? I think the most, the most common thread that I have really seen is that we all want to be loved and mm. none of us want to feel pain. And we all are too afraid to fully be ourselves because we're not sure if it's good enough. And when we free ourselves from that, which is really the conformity, it is the excuses of I don't have enough money or I don't know how or I'm not good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or haven't been trained or what will my family think. When we can let go of those things and really follow that tapping of the heart There's a youthfulness that awakens. There's an aliveness that starts to birth within us because we're not just here to live. We're here to be alive. And during the course of the shows, every show was different because I don't believe we're meant to live Groundhog Day. So I knew that when I stood up on stage, every experience was going to be a different experience, whether it was a panel discussion like the one that I had you on, which was so amazingly brilliant with the five women, or whether it was an actual show that I did that I was solo for two hours. Everyone had to be a different experience. And the beauty was what came out of every show was what that audience needed. There was a show initially where, actually the very first one, where I got on stage and I spoke and I decided I was going to sing. And I had practiced a couple of songs that had come to me and that a couple of people have written for me. And I forgot the last verse of each song. And all I could do is just stand up there while the music played and let them know very honestly and vulnerably, this is my first time on stage and I've forgotten the last verses, but this music's amazing because they created the music, so just enjoy that. And at the end of the show, I had several people come up to me and say this exact same thing, which illustrates that who needs to show up and see a certain message will, because the collective did. But the final person that showed up, um, she was the one that I want to tell about because hers was the most profound. She said, I'm so grateful that I was here tonight. I almost didn't come. But you you have no idea what you've done for me today. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, I'm an opera singer. And 
I've been invited to sing around the world by four different companies, and I have turned every single one of them down because of one fear. And I said, what was that? And she said, I've been afraid I would forget the words, and I didn't know how to handle it. She said, you've just shown me how to forget the words. She said, I'm going to be an opera singer. She had held herself back for 20 years because of that little thing. And me, who had no idea how to sing, and it really was not that good the first time I got up there, was really not that good, sat in front of an opera singer who's incredible, and she learned something from me. So that just goes to show we don't have to know why we're there. We don't even know have we don't even have to have the perfection or the rehearsal or have it perfect to be there. Because our very being, if we're fully committed and we're fully doing it for ourselves, will bring everything that needs to be brought into the space. I I love the the premise of how you uh, are are totally living in trust, just raw trust. <laughs> you know, just raw trust. Like you know, what is is. I just I just ad- I admire that about you um, so much. It's just um, such a teaching um, because you um, you know as you shared earlier. I mean, you could be like a number of people in the world today just hanging further on your wounds rather than the sacred story of what the wounds developed within you, you know. And it's just uh, such a a beautiful quality um, that you have. Well, with your book, uh, (laughs) Your Journey uh, to Enlightenment, and I want to remind everyone you can go to uh, Simran's website, simran-sing.com. And you can um, see that she offers many books and you can uh, learn more about her magazine and see the numerous awards um, that that she has won um, and her work has won and will continue to do so. You can listen to her TED Talk. I've listened to it. It's um, incredible, by the way. Thank you. um, But what are some of the areas uh, also that in your journey to enlightenment that you're offering seekers to make shifts and changes in their lives. Most definitely. And before I get into that, I do want to let people know 1111 magazine is freely gifted. So if nothing else, feel free to partake in the magazine. You can go to that website or 1111mag.com and access the magazine at any time. You don't even have to register to receive it. It's just there for you as my gift to humanity I appreciate your kind words, Temple. Very, very grateful. And I think the thing that people need to understand is we we have people, a lot of people that are living on one of two paradigms. And one is either really stuck in their story, really defined by their story, really allowing the excuses and the conformity to hold them back from living the lives they deserve and the dreams that they're here to birth. And the other end of the spectrum is that side of us that has bought into the idea that we are here to do, we are here to strive, to push, to achieve, to accomplish, to attain, to have agendas and goals and plans. And that is so not what we're here for. What this past year has shown me and what the book Your Journey to Enlightenment fully expresses is that we are meant to live organically, that we have the capacity 
to allow life to unfold as a naturally organizing system for us, that if we will allow ourselves to be with the invitations that come to us, rather than trying to make life happen, we will actually be led exactly where we need to go. And I saw that, I experienced that through this entire year for the first time completely in trust and have made the decision to move forward in my life not really having a plan and not really trying to do anything or create anything unless there's an invitation that comes because I know that that is something that's organically unfolding and it will take me where I need to go. The thing is, we're here to develop trust. And what I say in your journey to enlightenment is when you embrace all that exists outside of you, really as the rest of you, and when you love what is outside of you, as if it exists inside of you, even the harsh and dark and negative things, when you allow the ugliness and the pain outside of you to fully express inside of you, when you bear witness to the beauty that surrounds you and also know that is you, you're going to engage and integrate a wholeness. And that is the moment that's present to us, the present moment that we can wed so that we understand the allness and the truth of ourselves because we're the full polarity and spectrum of the dark and the light. And that's what I illustrated through the show is that it's not about getting rid of the old story or the dark night of the soul or saying I'm done with that, I've healed that, I've dealt with that. It's about merging that and our godliness because the ember of light is in the dark. It's not in the light. So we have to merge the two. To immerse yourself as divinity expressing in, as, and through you, even around you, forget about mind, body, spirit, because even that separation, your life is your union and communion. It's the marriage of reality and illusion. And that's where we need to go. In the book, I have a series of of divine poems that kind of spurred through to lead people from those places of bondage and separation to the true place that we're meant to live, which is the divine child, the place of wonder and curiosity. And that doesn't mean the childish existence where we react, but it means the childlike existence where we are opened-armed and full of wonder and the yes that is constantly leading us from this to that in a moment's notice. And so I'd love to read one of those to you. And if you'll close your eyes and just take this in and understand this is who you are. I am the one who sees. I am the I, the I of the universe, a divine one. My vision shines upon the world. I am the divine imagination who paints a world that isn't. I am divine illustration who draws out magnificent works of art. I am the divine sculptor producing great symmetry, forming masterpieces into masterpiece. I am the divine canvas upon which to begin. I cast the line that initiates a grand design. I am the clay. I am the water. I am the potter. I am the fire. I am the clay pot. I am the beautiful gift. I am that which has yet to fill the container. I am the space of the unknown waiting to become known. The truth is out. The fact is, we think we are what we know ourselves to be. But in fact, we are what is the unknown. And when we're willing to dive into the unknown, only then will we discover all of who we are. And that's the true message through the book of Your Journey to Enlightenment. 
Wow, Simron, that is so beautiful. Everyone, you can access um, the beautiful book, uh, Journeys to Enlightenment, on simron-sing.com. We're having a delightful conversation today, and I want to thank all of you for your continuous support to Unity Online Radio, the voice of the awakening world. If you like the kind of tools that we're offering, please check us out at unitycampus.org for continuous conversations, video podcasts, enlightened conversations that you can hear about that we are doing and offering the world. We'll be right back after this short break. Over 50 and looking for real answers to the challenges and remarkable opportunities ahead? Under 50 and want to know more about the world you'll soon inherit? Then Do Not Go Quietly is a great book for you. Inspiring, accessible, full of practical guidance, this best-selling book has already won three 2013 book awards. It is a call to action and to a life of genuine value for those who weren't born yesterday. Wise woman Jean Houston says it's profound, compassionate, and deeply useful. New thought leader Michael Beckwith says, Do Not Go Quietly offers invaluable insights into one of the most vital subjects of our time. So celebrate this precious gift of your life by living the life you were born to live. And remember, you're never too old or too young to live those dreams. Available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and bookstores everywhere. For free downloads, interviews, and a lot more, visit www.donotgoquietlythebook.com. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And wow, what a great, delightful, insightful uh, conversation we're having today with a visionary 
a catalyst of change. Um, a person um, like myself that that really knows the word rebel is a profound word. Um, those of us that are original thinkers, and Simran, I know that you totally agree with me. Um, the world is longing for more originality. Uh, we're not a one-size-fits-all uh, ideal or, or concept. And I love that you you love the word uh, rebel because mm, it's a very important word. And I think that often the word rebel, you know, especially people that tend to be more passive in nature, they go, whoa, rebel, woo, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it, it requires a lot of integration, um, a lot of deepening, a lot of... Um, uh, uh, sorrow and, and laughter, uh, to get to the word that you put beside your name, rebel. <laughs> it really does. You know, the rebel, it, and, and, and coming from the South, you know, especially beginning the rebel road tour, it got, you know, it, it triggered a lot of people. Um, but rebel is a very sacred word and it, it means, it, it truly means that person that's willing to live outside the confines of themselves. And uh, when I say, you know, the, the creative rebel, I'm talking about that person that truly understands there's nothing to fix, save, or heal on the outside. And there's nothing to fix, save, or heal on the inside, that it really is all as it's supposed to be. But what we're supposed to do with both is allow it to inspire us, allow it to be our muse, allow it to bring us forward into our passions, that we create something that is uniquely us, that we can share with the world just as pure experience and expression. I, I say in my first book, Conversations with the Universe, you're not on a journey, you are the journey. Your experience experiencing itself. That's who we are, experience experiencing itself, which means we're to engage in the present moment experience. It's not about here. It's not about there. It's not about forward. It's not about backwards. It's right here, right now, what makes you feel alive. And that's where I got Creative Rebel. And then the more I've done my own inner work, I call myself a rebel humanitarian. And what that means to me is I'm one that's willing to go into my very humanity, that, it's, that I'm willing to touch the very humanity of other people. We think humanity is this thing outside that's the rest of the world. In fact, most of us have lost our humanity. We are human beings, but we don't necessarily have our humanity. We will have that back when we can fully embrace our darkest shadows, when we can fully embrace our most shameful experiences, our guilt, our repression, our separation, when we really allow ourselves to honor and hold and cherish that side of us as equal to the side of us that we desire to see as the angel and the God and the one that is enlightened, that is the true humanitarian that can look upon those that have fallen, those that have been the villains, those that have suffered or live on the other side of the tracks, eye to eye in namaste and say, I see you, I know you, and I honor you for playing the part you had to play on this planet to bring us the gift that you brought, the gift of compassion, the gift of understanding, the gift of love and forgiveness. I honor that in you as the God that you have been in walking that path. That 
is our humanity that we need to re-embrace. I'm glad we recorded that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we got that recorded. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm glad we have that because I'm going to go back and listen to that. That was powerful. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. (laughs) That, That is from my upcoming book. I have another book that I'm writing where I really have faced the shadows of myself that I had 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 uh, blinded from myself, things that I've blocked out of my memory. I couldn't remember my childhood, most of it from prior to age 20, and I never knew why. And there are things in my life that have happened where I knew I should be angry. There's some anger there that I must be able to tap into, but I've never been able to experience it. I've never felt angry for any of the things that I've had to go through that I could remember, which were quite traumatic. And so I had to go through this journey of writing a book about self-love, and it turned into a book about shame. And that is where I realized our humanity rests in our shame and in our guilt and in our repression and in our rejection. And it is only there where we can truly meet the lover and the beloved because we are that in both sides. Wow. That's so beautiful. And say the name of your book that's coming out. The new book is called Your Journey to Love. Your it's, Journey it's to Amazon Love. Right and when so will it actually that come comes out? out in November. So both of our books will come out in November together. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? We I will love just celebrate that. both of them together. Sister yeah. Rebels. Sister Rebels. Sister Rebels. Our, our, our coming another. out book at the same time. And um, that is so beautiful. In November. Oh, my gosh. How We're birthing cool divine that? twins. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. And, um, you know, and I, um, we have had the good pleasure of, of, of meeting in the physical presence. Uh, and yet when I met you, I, I felt like I had always met you and that I had, um, always known you. And, um, but it was very interesting because when I looked at your, you know, what you had to do, your program and your banners and your photos of you, it reminded me of a, a moment um, when I was at this convention with other um, unity ministers and they said, God, you know, I wish that I could be, uh, you know, more like you and, you know, and you just put your name everywhere in your face and pictures of yourself all over the place and it must be so nice to that you're so comfortable with that. And I, I, I looked at the guy and I said, um, that's a big assumption you just made mm. because you're, a, you're implying that I'm comfortable. <laughs> I, still, I still, when I put that banner up and it has my face on it, I get a little shy. But the, the believability in me that I'm here to impart a message is bigger than anything related to my personality. And, and I know you feel the same way. You know, it's not yeah. like we're, that. that's so easy for us to do. You know, I saw you up there on that stage with your, your presence and singing, and I'm, I'm basking in the, wow, what courage. But yet I also know that you draw from that little girl moment of being at that beauty pageant, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Just... What a what a powerful message for for people to live by. So I'm really looking forward to to your book, um, the joy of love. You said yes, the joy of it's, love. 
The journey, the journey, the journey of love. All, of course, all, all of my books—they are really tied together, and I, I realized that in the writing of this one, that each one was written in the order it had to be written. And conversations with the universe is here to really develop this trust that that most of us don't have. We think we have it, but we really don't trust life because our lives wouldn't look the way they do if we didn't. If we did trust. And the, the Your Journey to Enlightenment book that was my second one was really about letting ourselves let go of things that don't serve us anymore. And sometimes that's so hard because it's jobs and it's careers and it's family members and it's relationships and it's these ideas that we have about money and love and ourselves that we just don't want to let go of. And yet we must to really get ourselves to the place that we can embrace what is greater and truer about ourselves. And this third book, Your Journey to Love, is truly going to be the the binding salve to all of it. It it just is the juiciness of the experience, the comedy and the tragedy, the lover and the beloved meeting. It is um it's a romance. It is an experience of a romance in a book. So everyone take the time um to go on to Simron dash sing s i m r a n dash s i n g h dot com and uh get involved now on this incredible journey of this visionary this revel the catalyst for change and don't miss out on on this opportunity i'm sure glad i didn't and it's a pleasure um simi to know you uh to watch you and to uh to be part of your sacred tribe is, is truly an honor for me. Everyone, thank you for being part of our show today. And God bless you on this incredible journey that we call life. And like Simran said earlier, we're not destined here to be ordinary. We're here to discover by the extra of allowing and trust and being how to be extraordinary. Thank you, everyone. Bless you. Thank you, Simran. It's been a uh, pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, thank you to you and your listeners. So, so very grateful. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary, topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? 
Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better, he's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The Great Forgetting. That's what some call this time in which we are living. It is a time when we have become so youth-obsessed and age-averse 
that the wisdom and experience of our elders is being marginalized and in too many cases lost. Each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Time, George and Sedina Campanelli, co-founders of Age Nation and co-authors of the award-winning Do Not Go Quietly, talk with some of the leading wisdom keepers of our time about how we can use this precious gift called our lives to create a more sane, sustainable, conscious, and loving world. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central on Do Not Go Quietly, conversations with the wisdom keepers, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 